Hello and welcome to Stay Paid, the sales and marketing podcast from Reminder Media, where we talk about actionable ideas to help grow your business so you can live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. My name is Joshua Stike, Vice President of Marketing here at Reminder Media, and I'm here with Luke Acri, President of Reminder Media. And I am excited. I'm at an 11 <laughs> out of 10. See, they can't even handle me right now. I've had a couple monsters. We're going to talk about cold calling today. Anyways, go ahead, Josh. And today... <laughs> We are once again joined by our director of sales, Nick Bianco. Welcome, Nick. Thanks, guys. Thanks yes, for having welcome. me. Cleaned up a little bit. I got a haircut today. It's <laughs> looking pretty good right now. So our topic, as Luke said, is going to be the necessary and sometimes dreaded cold call. It has been a staple in the sales industry for years and is one of the most effective methods of prospecting, but it takes a large amount of patience and skill and, let's face it, a lot of luck. But there are ways to improve your odds in this numbers game called cold calling, and today we are going to walk through a framework for success as we go through what to do before the call, what to do making the calls, yes, and finally what to do after the calls. And all of those mm. three things better lead back to you closing a deal. Absolutely. The purpose of everything you're doing is to generate a sale. Here's what my – to get my rants off my chest because you, you say <laughs> dreaded cold call. And every time I hear dreaded cold call – what it makes me think of, and I triggers know this, you. yeah, it triggers me. It, it, it peeves me, if that's a word. <laughs> that it, Grant Cardone talks about, you know, cold calling is only dead because you suck at it. The reason why people hate cold calling so much is because the same reason why you hate public speaking. Why do you hate public speaking? People, what is it? People would prefer to die than to public speak. Right. Like, I mean, isn't that what the statistics show? number one fear is it's public the, speaking, number two is dying. Yes, correct. Yeah. Number two is dying. Yeah. People would rather die than public speak. You could put cold calling up there. Why? Because you're scared to public speak because you don't do it a lot. You, you're untrained. You, you're getting up there. You're nervous. And where that fear comes from is it comes from, and I always say this, it comes from lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge comes from lack of preparation. Lack of preparation. Oh, killing me practice. now. Lack You're of preparation comes from lack of effort. Why you don't like cold calling when you really, really boil down to the brass tacks of it. Yes, we don't like doing work. But the point is, you don't like it because you're untrained at it. Because trust me, we have grown a multi-million dollar organization and a huge differentiator for us, a huge component of what we've done to drive success has been cold calling. I went out to eat with our recruiter today for lunch. And we were talking about how we've had success recruiting and how we're getting more recruiters. And he has a following on LinkedIn. And he gets people that reaches out, reach out to him all the time. And they ask him, hey, how are you doing such a good job? The firms are asking him. Recruiting firms are asking us, corporate America, how are we doing such a good job at recruiting people? And he said, the only thing I can think of, man, is that we're actually willing to call every phone. resume. Yep. We call we call every resume. Well, most people are what? Emailing back? Yeah, most people email. He says, and, and I tell him, I go, every recruiter sending an email. We pick up the phone and we cold call the people. We call them because they, their resume is online. They put it on Monster and we want to let them know who we are. And that's that's been the differentiator for us. And so my rant to get off my chest very early is, guys, trust me, I know I might be preaching a little bit here, but the point being is, listen to this podcast right now. Check out our resources because we can help you. We truly, truly can help you get trained and that train will reduce that fear because when you have altitude or authority on a subject matter, you can talk about it all day. You have no fear, but you have fear walking into the cold call because you're untrained at it. So with that rant being said, mm. Nick, welcome to the podcast. We have, better rant. Yeah, yeah, we, have, yeah. we have Nick on the up. podcast because this guy is not only an incredible salesman in his own right, but this is what he does every single day. I guess, Nick, give him a little bit of kind of your, 
what you're running right now, your day to day, why we have you on for cold calling. Can I tag on to your rant for a second? Absolutely. Seconds? I think that's the biggest thing is the, the reason that we're doing so well right now and we've been able to grow our floor. And I want to touch on what we've been able to do over the couple, past couple of years is that everybody's waiting for businesses to come to them. Yeah. And so with Facebook ads and SEO now, everybody's waiting for that lead to come in and then I'll call that lead once it's qualified. And the people that are out there hustling every day, they're the ones that are making money. And so what we've really been able to do over, what do you say, six years? Yes. Past six years, we've been able to grow the, our sales floor, really our inside sales floor that's cold calling people to about 65 reps. Mm-hmm. Started six years ago, there was about four of us that were doing it. We embraced it. We really tried to... Be, get specific with the best ways to do it. We were open to trying new things. And now we got 65 reps out on our floor that are just- That are making 150, 200 calls a day. they love it every day, but they certainly like it. They yeah. like it a lot. <laughs> um, and we, yeah, we, they're making 150, but remember, 200 calls a day. Here, here's a point I would make, right? Is that if you're watching this right now or listening to this and you don't like cold calling, that's normal. Yeah. It's normal. Meaning like I don't wake up every day as a maniac going, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to call somebody calling. that doesn't right. know me right now. Right. I just cannot wait. Oh, it's the best thing ever. Right. I, don't, I don't do that. But the point being is that I'm willing to overcome that awkwardness or that pain or that fear of rejection because I know the results that it will bring. 65 callers that do cold calling every day out there, they're willing to overcome that fear and that awkwardness. When, when, I, when you think of your own business and your own life, if you wake up every day and go, I don't enjoy cold calling, that's okay. The majority of successful people in their careers have not necessarily enjoyed the idea of calling someone out of the blue, but they do it anyways because it drives results. So yes, I just don't want to make someone feel like, how do, how are no. these psychos like enjoying cold calling? <laughs> it's not that we wake up every single day and just cannot wait to get on the phones. But the point is, we know it drives success. Yeah. So how does it drive success? And that's yeah. what this ebook we're writing is all about. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think you've identified the, one of the first things to do as we look at before the call. And that's, uh, that's identify and recognize the fact that, yeah, you might be scared. Yeah, you might not want to do this. But you know what you're aiming for. And we go back to that five-second rule. Count down from five. And when yep. that timer hits zero, dial that number. It's corny, but Just it's true. do it. And if you're prepared, which I think is what we'll talk about here before the call, how to kind of be prepared. You have that guiding mm-hmm. light. You know what you're going for. You, you know the, the script or the framework you're working off of. So I know another thing kind of before the call that we, and like you mentioned, we're putting together an ebook uh, that will be released soon that, that um, really digs deep into a lot of the research and everything that we've done behind this, not only from our own, our own uh, experience, but outside research. One of the biggest things that Nick, I know we're coaching our sales team is to have the emotional intelligence, yeah. right? And to understand that you have to possess an emotional connection with the person you're, yeah. you're calling. So do you want to speak about that? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really hard subject to coach. I mean, there's, there's a lot of dynamics that go into it. And so the biggest thing for our reps is understanding that you're calling, you're picking up the phone and you're calling a total stranger. They don't know what's happening when the phone rings. Most right. of the time with our prospects that we're reaching out to, when they see that unknown number, they're thinking it might be a lead for them in their business. Right. And then we let them down and go, hey, that's, I'm that's why we have guy. good answer yeah, rates. Exactly. <laughs> so really understanding the dynamic of that call, what's the what's the you know the emotional what's the emotions going on with the prospect? Right. And then being able to be able to like kind of curtail, understand your emotions to control that call. And I think that starts with the prep work. Confidence mm-hmm. is really the number one thing. I mean, it starts with making sure you're prepared, making sure you're practicing, making sure you understand what you're gonna get hit with the second that somebody answers that phone. And I think so, there's a couple things that tie into emotional intelligence. For me, it's kind of, like I said, confidence, 
I think you got to be passionate about what you're doing. Um, main thing you said is you don't have to love it. We're not crazy. I mean, on a Monday, they're not coming in after a weekend R reps and they're not, yep. you know, dying to get on the phone and call, make cold calls right now. But you got to be passionate about why you're doing it and understand your mission. Why you're doing your it. passion, the cold calling is is a tool or a way in a means to the end that you're right. seeking. Meaning your mission, your why, your, that's what's gonna drive your passion. So your why might be helping people find their dream home, right? It's very corny or simplistic, but that might be your why. Cold calling is one of the well, tools that I enables you to it. do it. Right, the passion isn't picking up the phone and calling Correct. or interrupting their day. The yep. passion is knowing that what you can do for them is so big in their life that you can't wait to tell them about it. Right. I'll make a key point on that confidence that you mentioned. So you've mentioned two things. So you got to have emotional intelligence and you say that's coming from confidence and passion. Your confidence comes from your preparation, which mm -hmm. comes from your training. So a lot of times you're not going to drive confidence by your why. And I think that's a common mistake people think is that your confidence, oh, that's going to come because I'm so motivated to accomplish my why. Your confidence doesn't usually come from that. Your drive and your passion comes from that. Your willingness to do something comes right. from that. Your confidence comes from your preparation, mm -hmm. your, your understanding of the game. Tom Brady, his confidence does not come from his love for football. His confidence comes from his preparation in the it's film. It's funny, your, your, desire, your love for football is what leads to your desire to prepare. Yes, to there go you to go. practice Boom. every day. And then that Correct. is what ultimately drives your confidence as Correct. you get better and you prepare more. Yeah, so if you're not confident, prepare. Right. And that's, a th that's the only theme you get out of this whole podcast that's worth it. If you're not confident, go back to the books, start practicing, start preparing. Right. Make sure you know what you're doing when you're getting on the call because really the last thing you want to make sure you're, you're doing when you get somebody on the phone that's a stranger, you got to be respectful. Right. And if you're not prepared and you don't know what your boundaries are, you don't know what the limits are, you don't understand that you're, you could be catching them in the middle of something. They could have right. just had something bad happen in their life right now. And you're well, can I ask you something? Where's yeah. the funniest place you've ever caught somebody? Um, I mean, people have answered the phone on the bathroom, in the bathroom, and that's <laughs> on the always bathroom. an awkward On the and toilet. What's even more awkward is when they want to keep talking to you, right? And, and then you're like, oh, I've actually I'm got get someone, phone. I've got someone that just came out of the shower and was like, I got to get dressed. And I'm like, wait a second. Are you standing here naked talking to me right now? Yeah, no. They're, they're, you can catch people at pretty awkward times, but anyways, keep going. No, I was just, I mean, you need to be respectful of what's going on. They, they know that it's a sales call. You, they know that you, what your ultimate goal is, is to make a sale right yep. here. And so you have have to respect that dynamic you have to respect that you don't know what's going on in their life because you don't know what's going on in their life right and at the end of the day they're just seeing you as somebody that might be trying to take money from them. yes so what you got to get to as soon as you can really and this kind of starts to lead us maybe into making that phone call and how you tell your script a little bit is you got to get them get that pop right away you got to let them know why you're calling you got to let them know what's in it for them right away it's not time in the beginning to chit chat about the weather or you know what's going on in their life that comes from lack of confidence what's that uh, chip chatting about the weather, right. chip chatting exactly. about how's your day. They know why you're calling. Open up and right. yeah, yeah, correct. And that's not going to happen. They know why you're calling, and that winds up being what really kills most reps in the beginning. Is hey, how's it going? How's the weather here? Mm -hmm. Like, there's time to build rapport as you start to go through this sales process and get to know what mm -hmm. what really matters for the prospect. In the beginning, it's making sure you're prepared, making sure you're practicing, you know what you're doing getting excited, you know, sounding upbeat, being passionate about what you're there to offer the prospect, and then ultimately being respectful of the dynamics that yep. are going on and the interplay between you and them right there, getting to the point and telling them how to get that, help that's right a, It's a conscious choice to get excited. Yeah. What so many people 
what they don't understand with like successful people, and this is why Tony Robbins is so popular. If you go to a Tony Robbins conference, you'll see this immediately. He talks about energy and that you can change your feelings and you can change your state by literally movement and getting excited. Our team of 65 callers does a morning meeting every single day. It's a conscious decision that we are going to consciously choose to be excited today, to remind ourselves of our why, to remind ourselves of how we're helping people and what we're doing. And that is a conscious choice. It's not something that you're just going to feel every morning when your feet hit the floor. And let me ask you, do we yes. have bad morning meetings at times? All the time we have bad And what happens on a sales day like that? And we have low sales days. And so they, they correlate they to low sales are 100% days. Correct. It's a, it's a conscious choice. Yeah. I think the key point that you're touching on that I don't want us to gloss over, that I want to make sure everybody understands who's watching this is you talk about respect. And this really comes back to the core of every sale. So the phone and cold calling is a tool. It's a way to, to generate sales for your business. The, the key to sales is built on relationships. It is built on this idea of people knowing you, liking you, trusting you. Do you tend to trust people that don't show you respect? Do you tend to like people that don't show you respect? You don't. You might get known by calling people all the time, but if you don't have a respect for the context of how you're reaching out or, or the frame of mind that someone that you're calling might be in, or a respect for what you know they're going through and their pain points in their business and what they're up against, you'll never close that deal because you'll never get engagement and you'll never be liked and you'll never be trusted. And I think this is a great transition into the second key thing you need to do when you're prepping to get on the phone. The first is you got to set your mindset, which is what you're talking about. You got to have emotional intelligence and get yourself to understand of who you're calling. But then you got to create a script to match who you're calling and what you're trying to accomplish in, in putting together a script. So I don't know, Nick, if you have any thoughts for people that when they're putting together a script, how should they think about it? What are some of the things that we found in putting together a script? But I think that second main thing before you jump on the phone is make sure you have a script that you know what you're going to say. Right. Um, I always have thoughts. Yes. I always have thoughts. I think most people kind of go into it and what they'll do is they'll lay it out and go, this is exactly what I'm going to do on every call. And your right. script evolves over time as it you does. learn, as the industry change, as prospects needs change. And so your script is never set in stone. It's, it's always got to be flexible and malleable and you got to be able to adapt because especially too, every prospect's different. So what's important to one person isn't important to another, but I think that's where you got to start. You got to start with what's important to your prospects, right? Mm -hmm. That comes from, like you talked about earlier, being prepared, right? What is your in, what is the industry you're helping them in? You know, who yep. are you selling to? What really matters to them? What are their pain points? What do they struggle with every day? And then whether it's a product, whether it's a service, whatever it is, how does that apply to their day to day, right? And understand, guys, that a generalist is always statistically outsold by a specialist, right? So I'll say that again. A generalist is always outsold by a specialist. So what that means is if you know the industry you're calling, the language, the pain points, how they like what their desires are, what they're trying to accomplish, you will always outsell a generalist who's just speaking in generic terms, who doesn't truly have an understanding of what they're calling. Yeah. This is a big thing for B2B salespeople. If we have any B2B salespeople listening to this, you might find yourself like us calling 140 different industries. If you can specialize, like if I'm calling real estate, I better know real estate. I better know what a FISBO means. Mm -hmm. I better know what an expired listing means. Because if I don't, you're gonna tell you're gonna be able to tell that right away. Mm -hmm. So a generalist will always be outsold 
solo diet specialist. Because everybody wants to talk to an expert. You don't want to talk to somebody that kind of right. knows what. And how do you become on, a specialist? Right? By making sure you have right. a script that showcases yep. your specialist, that you understand their pain points, you understand what they're going through. Right. It, well, it sounds like such common knowledge to say, like, understand what your prospect's pain points are. But so many people make the mistake of going, here's our product, here's our service, here's what's awesome about it. And they want to talk about so much about what's awesome about the product, the cool features, the new stuff that they just did, updates to the software. They want to talk about all the different things that are included in their service pack. And they forget that that's all noise if it still doesn't hit home with what is it gonna actually do for them at the end of the day. And so really what you wanna focus on is that, you know, the prospects, whatever you're selling to, everybody's waking up out there and if they're a prospect in your industry, that person that's waking up, they have hopes, they have dreams, Mm -hmm. they have aspirations, they have fears. Mm -hmm. And what you really have to do is not play on them, you have to understand them and how you're gonna help them through those time periods right Mm -hmm. there. And so when you start going off into the product and services and all those good things, bells and whistles, right? You always gave the example uh, back in training classes when you used to do that, you know, decades ago. Yeah, decades ago. Mm -hmm. You used to say, you don't go to the car dealership to buy the, you buy, you don't go for the, the CD player or the moon room. Correct. You don't go for the leather seat. You go because you need to buy a car to get from point A to B. Yep, you that's, work, the, that's right? the pain point. The, the bells and whistles are the nice to haves, right? You get a, a, a nice luxury car because you want the emblem on it. Mm-hmm. But really, you need the car to get to point A from B. Correct. So I think really understanding what's the ultimate goal of your prospect, where are they at at point A, and where are they trying to get to with point B is really what you got to hone in Correct. on your script right there. So it's like if you're a real estate agent listening to this right now and you're calling Fizbo's, you got to understand, like, when you're developing your script to go after FISBOs, you got to understand you're developing a script to what's the true pain point of the FISBO? Why is someone listing their house to sell it by themselves? When you think about it logically, there's a couple reasons. They don't have a trust in a realtor. They don't think what you do actually yeah. provides value. They think yeah, they had a bad experience. Right. They think you just put a sign in the yard. They think you just maybe put it on internet sites. Right. The truth is they feel they can do the same as you. That's right. one pain point. Yep. Second pain point is they don't want to pay you the 3% commission. It's money. Yep. Right? So it's money. So as you start looking and thinking about your call, I'm about to make FISBO calls. Well, when you develop your script, start making sure you break down that pain point so then you can, you don't come directly in and say, hey, this is not what I know you're feeling as a FISBO and this is how I'm going to, you know, attack it. You don't come directly in and say that, but you know now what you're trying to sell against or what you're trying to combat and trying to prove to them what you can bring to the table. And how you do that is you've got to get them to admit in your script that that's what they're feeling. And and a lot of real estate agents, especially if you look online and you look at the scripts out there, how do you get them to admit this? Well, you start, it's, it's called the discovery phase in your script. You start asking questions of, hey, you know, hey, I saw that you listed your house at 1100 First Avenue. You know, I have a ton of buyers and sellers that I work with in the area. I was just calling to figure out how I could help you. And then you go in, you're offering your services. They're gonna say, well, you know, if you have any buyers, bring them, don't lie. Don't ever lie in your scripts and say you have buyers, so I'm just going to state that right now. Don't lie in your scripts. But then you go in and you start going, hey, perfect. Hey, let me ask you this. You know, what made you actually decide to list your home on your own versus using a real estate agent? Get them to self-admit to you. Hey, when you sell your home, where are you looking to move? Right. Get them to start admitting to you what their pains are and what their... Another. And that, that's the key when you're developing a script is right. you want to develop scripts that you know where it is. Yeah. You know it's money. You know it's a bad experience. You know they don't trust a realtor. Yeah. Yeah. But you want to get them to admit it in your script and build a script that gets them well, to another strategy it and then to, to identify the pain points. Also, I know we had a uh, above the noise video on this where 
we actually spoke about call them on a Monday after the weekend. Yes, when that's it's a great a for tactic. sale by owner. Yeah. Because the question becomes, hey, just see, and I know you have your uh, you're selling your house. I know you had it listed. You had showings over the weekend, or you had showings. it. How many how many people did you yeah, get right. to come by and look at your house? Yeah. And so obviously, like the goal there, you want to have them say like none. So yep. you're identifying them at the moment where they're experiencing pain, the the uh, the lack of value that you could bring to your to their that's great their point. situation. And that goes back into the preparation work. And that's understanding the preparation. your that's consumer. putting the strategy. And the together. ultimate goal in that scenario just tied together is somebody selling their home so they can get a check they want equity the Correct. most amount of equity as possible Correct. in their home and they, they want to in time and so when they, they want to move as fast as possible Fizbo's sell for x percent less than when an agent yep. sells it that's ultimately what i think it's like somebody. nationwide I so think if it's you're looking for anyone to help uh, call your Fizbo leads let yeah. us know <laughs> we've <laughs> got think, about 65 callers are available <laughs> for hire so let's say you're putting together your script though right yes. so after you put together your script before your call and this is gonna sound super simplistic, but this is what we have to continue to ingrain in our reps, is you have to practice your script. You have to ingrain your script. How do you guys do that? You, I know you, we role yep. play a lot. Yep, we role right. play a ton. So maybe if, if you don't follow me on Instagram, follow me on Instagram because I'm filming our morning meetings a lot, right? And oh, so nice. we role play at certain morning meetings and it's the callers are tagging up with so each other. So much fun to watch. Correct. So, so much fun to watch. They get so into it. Right. So you got to practice role play. I think, you know, one rep that we had that's no longer with us right now, but one of the things she taught us is she had a mirror. Yeah. In, in front of her uh, face on, and she would, on her right, desk right, right. and she would role play and then pitch in front of the mirror and you could do this on live calls it's beautiful to pitch in front of a mirror because what only 7% of communication is uh, verbal what you say the yeah, words you say what, the words you yeah. say the rest so, is how you say it and how you look tone the inflection radio DJ smile when they're talking because they know I should smile we right should now smile. Smile. can you tell I'm smiling yep. right now yep. no but the point being is people can sense it they can yeah. hear it you guys can hear it as you're listening to this podcast you can hear when I'm frustrated or you can hear when I'm passionate or something like that because of my facial expressions how I carry myself Tony Robbins at the conference did an amazing thing where he said go around and act negative to people and everybody who went around and acted ne negative they lowered their shoulders they talked they talked more like like this, like we all physically acted negative. Yeah, it, it's very it, interesting it's psychology. Didn't wise, to say negative things, correct? And automatically went to the to the, the body language, to the, body the non, non. So, so what's the point tying back to the cold call? The point is practice your cold call. One of the things that helped me the most before I got on the phones is I recorded myself yeah. on video. I recorded myself giving the pitch. I wish you I could were born find for this job, dude. Man. I wish I could find those videos. They would be hilarious. <laughs> me pa we're practicing them to, the pitch. To black naive. Yes, I want to find them. But me practicing the pitch and just on video because when I hear it back, when you hear yourself back, if you ever heard a recording of your voice, you know how you say you hate right. it. Everybody does. But when you hear it back, you start understanding how people are perceiving you. Right. So you I'll have to practice your pitch. Here's another key is no actor. And I say this all the time to guys when I'm training them. No actor won an Academy Award or any award for acting by just reciting the lines. They, they won this award because they took the lines. They made it their own. They infused their personality and their emotions into it. And that's what got them to win that award. Yep. When you're getting on the phone, if let's say Kevin Ward, I love that guy, man. He's a great real estate coach and trainer. You can find scripts online that he offers for free. So if you're a real estate agent looking for scripts, he has great ones. You won't win FISBO's expired listings, referrals by just reading his scripts. You won't. 
But if you take them, make them your own, infuse your personality into it, that's what's going to generate your success. But that only comes from what? Repetition. It takes 10,000 hours to master something, right? So repetition, 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 repetition. If you just keep practicing, then all of a sudden your confidence grows. Because you know exactly what to say. I remember getting, I don't know if you remember this at all. We would be talking, this is terrible to say probably on a live, but I'm going to say it anyways. We would get and say the same thing over and over again all day long, 150 people, 200 people. I could get to the point on a phone call where I could literally put it on mute. This is terrible. I shouldn't say this, but put it on mute. Not even listen to what the person's telling me on the other end of the phone. I've heard it so many times. I knew exactly what they were probably saying and I knew exactly where to go. Like yeah. you could literally, you right. get to the point. I would say you, it in my sleep. You, you know, every pathway yeah. that's so much, you know, every objection, you know, everything that they're going to say and you have a pathway to go and you never want to lo- lose the human connection. So you don't want to become where you're doing that, that's a really bad thing to do. But the point being is you need to know it that well. So when you're practicing your script, you need to know it that well. Yep. And I think the best reps are hard on themselves. You know, the best Mm -hmm. reps know that it's okay to cut corners. It's really hard work to get out there every day if you're a baseball player and like field ground balls. Correct. Seems so routine. You've been doing your whole life. But there's a reason in practice you field ground balls before the game every single day. And so for our reps, Josh, you asked, you know, how do we get them to do it? They seem like they're having fun. But part of that is like, you got to be honest. You got to be honest. If you have sales reps out there, if you are a real estate agent or, you know, you're a financial advisor, whatever, and you have an inside team and they're not doing calls the right way, don't be scared to get generic with them and break it down from the beginning and go and explain why are we saying this in the pitch? Why are we going over this? And then practice it every day because what's going to happen is you're going to practice it this week. You're going to get in the groove and you're going to forget it three weeks later and you're going to need to repractice it again. And so really being hard on yourself and knowing that that wasn't the best pitch, I could have done better, or if it, you do have reps, or somebody in the cubicle next to you. Well, and if, if you're not if you're not training people making the calls, you're the one, this is your business, be hard on yourself. Yes. Ask yourself yeah. the hard questions. Yes. Why am I making this call? Why am I saying this thing? Right. Once you have your script written down, then that's the time to really go back through it and, and analyze it almost from a third person's perspective. Put yourself in the listener's shoes, mm-hmm. the person on the other end of the phone, and kind of figure out, okay, why, why are they saying this right here and is it connecting? So we talked a lot about before the call, what to do to prepare. How about actually making the calls? I know that mm-hmm. in our business, and I'm, this is across the board in sales, it's absolutely a numbers game. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot more opportunity in the follow-up than necessarily that first call. So why don't you walk us through kind of... I thought we were just talking theory. <laughs> I'm not prepared. No, have the numbers no I think... I think for cold calling, for any sale, you know, it really comes down to what's your conversion rate. And for people out there that convert 100%, we were at a conference recently and the the vendors next to us said that they will convert on 76% of their leads. And that was like, whoa. That was incredible. And our reps, I mean, they're not converting as a high right there. But still, at that point, you're still losing 24% of everything that comes through your door. And so I think the biggest thing going into it is knowing... It's just part of the process. Yep. I just got to feel You're going to lose 90% of the time. You're going to lose a ton of yep. the time. And so even when we talk prep, practicing your script isn't prep, prep. That emotional intelligence going back to it and the mindset of going, I just got rejected. Mm-hmm. I just got hung up on. Somebody didn't believe in what I believe in. How do I pick up the phone and make that next phone call? That is just critical to being not just, a, just to be a That's success rep. right there. That's You've got to be able to push through yep. that right there. And so you got to play your numbers game. You got to know ultimately what happens. You got to look at your numbers too as a rep and, or as a, a manager. And you got to see if there's a dip in the numbers. Are yep. you doing something differently? So really knowing the statistics that play into where your leads are coming from, 
how many you should convert, how many calls you have to make to a prospect to get them to yep. a certain stage in your process. The reason why you want to do that, so you guys know, is so you can continue on when you face the rejection. Right. When you go out there and you door knock, or you go out there and you pick up the phone and you cold call, 90% of the time it's rejection, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there's a saying, embrace the no. I think it's critical. You got to embrace the no. Every no is a building block to your yes, right? So, But the point being is this, is that when you know your conversion rates, you're not just in the abyss, in the in the swamp of rejection, because you know, I need 90 no's yep. to get to that yes. Yeah. It's literally like you can get literally like a penny jar of your conversion rate. And every time you get a no, just take that penny out and put it in the other jar and you're paying yourself because you know that if I get a hundred no's, I'm bound to get that one yes. Right. And so you're taking the penny out, you're putting it in the other jar and you got to learn to just pay yourself that, that way. Yeah. Psychologically, learning to embrace that no and go, the conversion rate is critical because it, it's my guiding light. I'm not lost. I know it's going to take me 90 steps to get this to get this now next yes. And so I want to get to that next yes as fast as possible. So I'm going to pick up that phone and call and call and call. And, and the call cool and call part is you can actually then track your, your progress. Correct. Because if you know it takes you 90 calls to get to the yes and you're continuing to perfect your script and you're getting those hours in – the next, maybe in a month, it'll take you 85 calls to get to the yes. Correct. Maybe mm-hmm. in a six months, it'll take you 80 calls to get yep. to the yes. And you can literally start to see your progress mm-hmm. as yep. a salesperson by just tracking your numbers. Correct. Success. Yep. The second thing I would say when you're making the calls, first principle that you're talking about, which I think is critical, is you have to play the numbers game. Second is you have to understand the monies in the follow-up. You have to realize that with your leads, even your cold calling, I promise you, if I asked you guys right now, if I took your database of people, your leads, and saw how many times you called them, would you be ashamed? And I bet you would. Because the average rep is only calling 1.2 times to a lead. 50% of leads don't even get called. 50% of leads don't even get called. And it stems from the fear, which stems from the lack of preparation and all that good stuff. But the key, guys, is to understand... I think understand. that's from the lack of organization. I don't think it's fear. Well, it I might think that's be. not being organized. It, it, it's actually a good point. It could be that you don't have the systems in your business right. to actually hold you accountable because accountability is key to driving Absolutely. anything. Yeah. But the point I'm trying to make is that if you're, if the average rep's calling 1.2 times, and we all know the statistics, there's six to 12 times you have a 90% more chance to get that appointment. HubSpot came out with a stat that said 18 calls, 18 calls to close the deal. Understand that what you're up against when you go out and you cold call, no, you're going to have to call this FISBO. I think with Steven, we call like nine times. Nine times. And it's not about harassing someone. It's not about annoying someone. You got to always add value. You got to always have a reason. You got to have those scripts prepared, those, those pathways prepared, but you're going to have to put in that work to follow up and follow up and follow up. So understand when you make that cold call, if you call one time, it was pointless. You did waste your time and you did just go through some pain for nothing. But if you know that the fortune is truly in the follow up and I'm going to keep on this person and keep on this person because I give that acronym CAR. And this acronym is the first phase is curiosity, annoyance, resentment, respect, CAR. Curiosity, annoyance, resentment, respect. Dude, oh man, you got to listen listen more, man. man. Get this. Here is, this is gold right here. I'm going to say this on myself. I think it's great. The first phase someone goes through when you're cold calling them is the curious phase. Caller ID comes across. Who is this person? Why are they calling me? Maybe they push you the voicemail. They probably do nine times out of 10. They're curious. 
a, a tip for you guys who are cold calling. It's called well, uh, Liz Kessler called it the what is it the sneak attack or something like yeah. that. Sneak sneak is what she called it. It's the double, double dial, dial yeah. technique. You have a chance of increasing your contact rate eighteen percent by calling someone two times within fifteen minutes. Because why? When you get a call from a number and then you immediately get that call again from that same number, what are you thinking? Oh my gosh, what is this? This must be important. So you pick up. They're curious though. They're in that curious phase. They listen to you, right? When people listen to you, whether you had a good pitch or not, and you set an appointment to follow up, you've moved into the annoyance phase. Because when you're cold calling, they're not necessarily thinking of you. You're coming to them presenting your product. So in this annoyance phase, when you try to get them back on the phone, it's not that they are mad at you. It's just it's going to take their time. They have to think about it. It's on the pile of good ideas. It's on the pile of good ideas. Correct. Right. Right. So you're trying to present your um, value proposition. Most reps give up in the annoyance phase. That's the 1.2 to two calls you make. That's where they get the most. Because you feel like, oh, I talked to Josh. And I don't want to annoy him. And he feels annoyed because your parents taught you to be respectful. Good. Mom, I hope you're listening to this. I love that. You should be respectful to people. That's not what I'm saying. But top producers know. They know. I have to push past this annoyance phase. And the only reason I know I must is because the value that I have, that I can change this person's life if I can get them on the phone. This product will revolutionize this person's pain or it will give them the greatest desire of their heart. Whatever it is, you got to have that why that backs it up to go to an even harder phase, which is the resentment phase. I'm telling you guys, if you don't believe me, man, if you get on the phone, start cold calling, you're going you're gonna to experience this. They literally will go to from annoyed where they're kind of nice to you to resent, they won't answer your phone calls or they pick up and they go, I told you, don't call me back. I've had this happen, right? <laughs> People are going to think I'm crazy listening to this. But the point is that I've had this. And then they move to the respect phase. If you give up at the resentment phase, dude, that is a terrible phase to give up because you did, you, you did, you, you did, you were annoying and you didn't believe in your value proposition enough to keep pushing. If you keep pushing, this happened to me all the time on the phones. I bet you've had stories of this. I guarantee you all my reps could have testified to this is they go and they end up picking up. They end up finally having time, finally listening because we didn't give up and we kept keeping in touch. And they tell me when I get the credit card or get the order or whatever it is, they tell me, Luke, I have to hand it to you, man. Your follow up is amazing. I have such respect for what you're doing. You're following our reps. Correct. They try to hire. They turn around and offer you a yeah. job. Why? Because if you stopped at the resentment phase, it was all about you. Yep. It was all about you selling your product. If you if you don't stop because you know what you have, and guys, there's a fine line between harassment and and obviously you know cold calling somebody. So don't right. So don't get me wrong there. Of course you can't harass people. But the point I'm trying to make is if you stop then you didn't have anything but a sales pitch and a product. If you keep going, they're going to think this person must have something because they won't give up. And that's how much I believe in my product. I believe so much in my product that I'm going to keep calling somebody, keep keep keeping in touch, keep emailing them because I know if they just give me one shot, if they give me one chance, I can help change their life because I've done it for 15 years and I have so many testimonies of people whose lives I've changed because of the things that we've done and implemented in our business. That's the conviction you got to have. So anyways, that's the car acronym. I mean, so I'll you got to follow ups in the money. <laughs> if somebody says follow up with me, I like it and they're not pulling the trigger and you give up, there's no point in even making that initial phone C- call. Correct. Like you if call? you're not going to go the distance with somebody and they're okay yeah, with good. you following the up, there's a reason they won't buy. You can't over, whatever the objection is, you can't overcome it. If you're just going to stop, don't even bother calling prospects from yep. the get-go. You got to think about too, like you got to think about where we're at just 2018, not to get into like buyer psychology, but 
I am not an early adopter and most people aren't. So like most people are going to take like so long yeah. to actually pull the trigger on something. There's a ton of options on it's there. It's the fear of the unknown. I have a, a backpack in my shopping cart on Amazon. It's been there for a year <laughs> and I just click on it every now and then and look at new. That's how people buy nowadays, it right? Is. They're doing a ton of research. So when you reach out to somebody, you just got to understand it's just even the psychology of it. It's not that you're a good rep or a bad rep. It's that that's how people make decisions. They think about it. They read reviews. They check out other options. They talk to their friends, right? They 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 challenge yeah. it, right? And so you got to be okay with it. It's kind of like um, I was telling you before we started, one of the things that we do to coach reps is following up is like, it's like the first year of a relationship when you meet yes. somebody, right? That's you, a great analogy. You, you meet your significant other and for the first time, it's like, you feel a little uncomfortable. That's the cold call. You're not sure what to do. It's <laughs> the first stuff. date. You're trying to present with your you, value right? proposition. Yeah, well, here's my value. But you don't want to do too much. You don't want to overwhelm them. You can't let like all the awesome things out about, uh, right. out about you in the first like meeting, whether it's at a bar or wherever. You can't do that. So you got to, that, that, that sales process is like the first year of meeting your significant other right there, right? It's a courting process. It's, right. it's the understanding. It's really trying to like figure out who is who, how are you going to compliment each other? What are the benefits of being yep. together right there? And you got to be okay with trusting that process. There's a lot of people in our sale. It's a short sales cycle, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, it, I mean, it's not uncommon for us to have somebody pick up the phone that might be familiar with us and 25, 30 minutes later, go, Buy on that call. oh yeah, no, yep. I'd love to do it. I've seen it before, right? But there's a lot of people. I mean, I think our record 72 calls. Right. And they bought. Right. And that's if you tell it, I need you to call me 72 times and I'll buy on the 72nd call. Done. I'll call you 72 yeah. times. We're willing to tell go to me distance. How often you want to call. So it's about really kind of making sure you understand that prospect, but that you're willing to put in the work, not just in the beginning, but over the long haul, because sales is an up and down game, lots of momentum swings. Yep. And if you're not going to put in the effort on the follow up. Yep. Then it doesn't even make sense to make the initial call. I love that. If, if you're not willing to go to distance with a lead, why are you even calling that yeah. lead? That's a good, great point. I mean, Thanks, you could, yeah, you could sum it up just that. in that. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> Assuming the close right. is the last thing I would say on making the calls. Yes. Because I know, man, we're, we could talk about this all day. We're going to yeah. talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we're going to talk about Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to talk, talk about this, this all, day. all day. But assuming the close, assuming the close is probably the one thing in our business that I think separates. I'm going to give you guys the magic that I think separates Reminder Media from so many other companies is that we are willing to ask for the order on every call. We're willing to assume that this person will want to buy from us on every call. See, I, I made this point to um, one of the people writing the ebook is said, if all you do is present, well, guess what? Teachers present, mm -hmm. pastors present. You're not really a salesperson at that point. You're just a presenter. Yeah. Meaning like if all you're doing is showing up and giving a presentation, there's so many people that give presentations. Sales really begins when you ask for that order. You, when you ask for the order and you ask for the exchange of currency or the exchange of someone's value, right? That's when the sale truly begins because you're really asking for something. Because how many times have you guys experienced doing a listing presentation or, or pitching someone for insurance or a financial review or whatever, and you're giving them a great presentation and they're sitting there nodding at you. They're smiling. They're like, this is great stuff. Great stuff. And then all of a sudden, you ask them to sign on the dotted line, and all of a sudden, all your great stuff went away. It's not great anymore. Mm -hmm. They literally are freaking out. They're like, because the sale didn't begin until you asked for the order, because that's when they actually had to step forward and make change and, and, and actually commit to something. So why? what is the magic? The magic is that we're willing 
to ask for the order on every call. We're willing to assume the clothes. We're willing to go for the order because we believe in what we're doing. And what that does for us is it bubbles up the objections. Because if we can get the objections, we can get the true reasons why someone can't make a decision. All the other stuff is fluff. When people are nodding their head at you when you're giving your presentation, they're probably not asking truly what their doubts are in their mind or truly what they don't yeah, believe in the stats that, that you're showing. The decision when, comes to mm, When the decision right. has to be made, that's when they question the stats that yeah, you said. Right. That's right. when they question your marketing plan to sell their house. Right. That's when they question, is this insurance plan better than the competitor's insurance plan? The, the reason why you want to assume the close is not because you want to close people and, and push them in or something like that. No, it's because you want to have a real conversation. Right. You want to get to the vulnerability. Hey, let's be real with each other. My intention is I want you to buy this. I want you to buy this program. I want to sell your house, whatever it is. Then you can start having a real conversation. Well, in order to make that happen, what's your objections? What mm -hmm. is it that I need to solve for you? What, how is it that I need to make you feel? How can I present my value proposition so you know I'm the right person for the job? Yeah. And that's why assuming the close is so critical because when you ask for the order, it allows you to have a real conversation. Not that everything else is fake, but everything else just takes so much time. Yeah. And it's, I think so many people it, immediately when you ask for somebody to do business, you ask for that business things get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so many reps out there, salespeople are just so uncomfortable so living awkward. in the uncomfortable. And I, I know, I think honestly, like it's if true. you think about the best reps, they, they don't have that kind of like social filter where they feel uncomfortable in Correct. situations yep. or they're worried about what people think. I mean, if you talk to a prospect, whatever your sales cycle is, and now you're at the point where you should be asking for their business and you don't, you just wasted a ton of their time. You've told them everything I can do to change your business, your life, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And at the end, you just don't have the backbone to go mm -hmm. ask, right? Mm -hmm. The thing that you guys are saying, it's that fight or flight response. You know what I mean? It's like you make that want to make them make a decision right there. Yeah. And then you start to figure out what's happening. Are yep. they really interested, right? There's an agent that I watch a lot of videos on on YouTube. She's in Wilmington, North Carolina, Jessica Edwards. I remember in one video a while ago, she talked about buyers. She makes them sign a buyer's agreement before she even – because why? Because there's she been so many value. horror there's stories yeah. of, of agents spending months and months yeah, showing I mean, people houses. My realtor had a horror story and, with me. Yeah. Months and months. You, that's Josh the reason was she a started the agreements, right? Because of you. But I love like, the horror story. That's how you know somebody's serious right yes. now. And that's how you know if you're wasting yeah, their time I'm, right now or if they're ready or what not. What I'm hearing from you guys is like that's part of the respect. You're not doing it to be pushy. You're doing it because yes. you respect the person's right. time and yep. you're looking for the opportunity to have that conversation with them that's going to make them actually consider this. You're looking for the I have real had issues. so many, because as you're even talking about this, I'm thinking back on experiences that I've had with sales reps, you know, contacting me for B2B or product sure. for our uh, for our company and how many people just end the conversation with no action item right. or no, no ask yeah, or anything like that. Back. Yeah, and then it's just left. And then I just get a bunch of emails from them. Like, I don't really know. I don't know what the next thing is. Yeah. They didn't ask me if I wanted to sign up. I'm not really sure where to go from here. I Guys, buyers have to be asked. Mm -hmm. yep. You have you have to ask them for the, for the sale. No one's going to start throwing 
money at anybody in this world, unless you're Apple. Maybe yep. I guess Apple gets well, yeah, money that's, thrown at them. Or Amazon, Amazon gets every, a ton of money yeah. thrown at them. Everybody yeah. buys Amazon. <laughs> the point is, you can start having a real conversation. Right. It's not until you ask them to sign the listing agreement that what happens? It starts getting really real, and you have to be, you you have to do it respectfully. You have to build your value. You have to showcase what you've done. You can't do it. You can't just walk in and say, "Hey, I want you, I want to list your home." Here, here's the, to start the conversation. That's not what we're saying. But the point being is don't leave your conversation just giving a presentation because you're just a teacher. And can I just point. say one thing? This is really where your integrity as a rep comes into question. Most reps go, I put in so much work, you should buy. And so a lot of times when the prospect says no, or you think about it, then it's yep. like, well, why? And they get aggressive and or they get passive aggressive and sure, don't think yep. that that's aggressive right there, right? At this point, this is the point where you're going to show the prospect your value. how hard you're willing to work yeah, for the business, your value. what you really have, how much you believe. Mm-hmm. And if you take that personally as an insult, if you're mad at them, I'm telling you, it's going to shine through. Yep. You're going to ruin the whole deal. They're never going to want to do business yep. with you because at that point, they go, oh, it was all facade. Yeah, that it should was be all the, for nothing. The objections should be the... Best, this is your moment to the shine. Best part of the right. call. Right. It should right. be like, yeah, this is what it's all about. Yeah. What, what can I yeah. answer your questions? What is it that's holding you back that I can present to you why that shouldn't be an issue or what I can do to overcome that yeah. issue or what I can offer? I, we're going to have to break this ebook so up about, into two podcasts, man. We're, we're, we have <laughs> well, like two so, more I mean, sections, so we're going to have to break it we, up into we can another tease one. tease a little bit yeah. of the rest of the ebook by yeah. saying you have to come back and download the ebook. Yeah. But let's talk about <laughs> after the call real quick. Is there anything that you guys wanted to touch on? Invo- that's uh, assuming the close. Just yeah. Yeah. Assume, yeah, he assumed the close of the podcast. I assume the close of the download. Yes. But is there, I mean, is there any quick tips that you guys have after the call following up what the process looks like for keeping those people organized? I'm assuming after the, after the yeah. call, this involves either they didn't, they did not close on the yep. call or they closed that now become a client of yours. Go ahead, man. We both breathed at the same time. No, I was going to so say, go. there, there's took a breath. <laughs> every sales rep out there is going through the same thing regardless of what your sale is. Yeah. So I would say the more that you can, don't don't think you're always going to be an expert. So the more you can research, find techniques, find ways to overcome. I mean, I'm constantly looking at ways to overcome objections that we've had for the past, sure. since we've been in business. And so I think the biggest thing that I go back to in the beginning is Everything you do before you actually get on the phone is the biggest thing that you can do. Sure. Being prepared, being confident, understanding the dynamic of what's going on. I think the production that you see as a sales rep is going to depend on the production you put in before you make any phone call. I would agree 100%. I think when you get off a phone call, use the... it, and I'm not saying do this right after your phone call, but you should be reflecting on what happened on that phone call and listening to yourself where you need to get better. Are you, is it is it a moment of reflection and considering what happened, or is it get to the next call? Like so, both, so, so it, it's both. It's I think both. you can do both. <laughs> whatever you do, don't look. Just reflect really fast. Whatever you do, don't look at that dial button and just look at it and overthink it. Meaning, like so many times, like when I'm making these calls because we're calling the dentist industry right now. So any dentist listening to this, I want to talk to you. But the point being is that we're calling in the dentist industry. When I get off a phone call after a conversation and I hit dial for the next and it's ringing, I'm reflecting on, hey, what happened? And I'm noting to myself. So the notes would be the key point that we as sales reps don't like being organized. A lot of times it's just not in our skill set to be super organized or detail oriented. So we don't take good notes. Mm -hmm. You need to take good notes because if you don't take good notes, what, where will you fall down? Where you'll fall down is building the relationship. A relationship is people where you're known, where you're liked, where you're trusted. If someone said, sorry, can't talk right now. I'm taking my dog to the vet. And you don't put that in your notes. 
I mean, you've missed a golden opportunity when you follow up. Josh, hey man, following up. I know I talked to you last Tuesday. I know you're talking, taking your dog to the vet and what was going on. Is everything okay? Yeah. Right. And having that and hopefully you got the name of the dog and all that good stuff. But the point being is that take your notes after the call so you can, what Nick is saying, which is that's, that's the relationship part that, of your CRM. It is. Yeah. That's, right. the that, that's everything. And so many people, we, we get so lazy and doing that stuff, but that's the key because then you're starting to build that relationship. You, so you reflect, you take notes so you can reflect even more. And then with your call, you got to set a plan for follow-up and you got to stick to that plan. It was amazing at the dental conference we went to on that. We were listening to the panel of office managers mm-hmm. talk and what was their biggest frustration? Reps did not call when they said they were going to call. It was. Appointments. Missed like, appointments, yeah. If you are missing appointments in your business right now, you're listening to this, you've missed appointments, shame on you. I've done it before too, man. Shame on me. It's convicting to me. Don't miss your appointments. After the call, when are you following up? Make sure you mark that down and, and, and make that appointment because you're only as good in this business as your word. And a simple thing like being a couple minutes late is everything could ruin the whole deal for you. Absolutely. So there you have it, guys. There you have it. If you did not get some gold out of this podcast, I don't know. You better check your pulse. Yep. And put your number because we're going to call you. We're going to cold call you. (laughs) So thanks for listening this week. Uh, We really do appreciate it. If you have an opportunity, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. Please leave a comment. Uh, Share this with a friend. So if you enjoy the podcast, uh, please share it with a friend. Let us know. It helps us get the word out there. It helps us connect with more people. More importantly, it helps us learn kind of what more you guys want to hear about and reach a wider audience there. So thanks so much for listening. Uh, also, to get new episodes weekly, subscribe to stay paid in your favorite podcast player. Make sure to follow Reminder Media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all the socials. We also post weekly coaching videos on YouTube. You can search for Reminder Media and look for the Above the Noise series. Nick, thanks so much for joining us this week. Thanks for having me, guys. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. And I'm Luke Acri, and I'm going to close with this action item, guys. Make a hundred cold calls this week. I was thinking as we were going through this podcast, hey, what's the action item here? Is it developing your script? You're cranking it up it, a notch. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Is it developing your script? Is it calls. you know practicing? All those are good, they're, but they're kind of weak. The action item is make a hundred cold calls this week. And I know some of you listening to this right now are going. <gasps> In, in a big gulp because that's hard. That's a really hard thing to do. Overcome your fears. Make a hundred cold calls this week. Put into action these things that you're learning in order to make those cold calls. You're going to have to have a script in those things, but do it. Do it this week. Make progress in your business. The cold call is one of the most unused tools on your tool belt. I guarantee it. It will blow up your business. It's blown up mine. Difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer is top producers take action. So take action on that today. 